0: Well, well, welcome, Suns fans, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Uh, Welcome to Mediocrity. Welcome to 500. The Suns are now 8-8 following an unbelievably disappointing loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder at home after, what, three, four nights off. Uh, Just a a really frustrating loss. I'm going to bring Matthew in as per usual. Matthew, this one stings
1: Bad man.
0: <laughs>
1: why am I even smiling right now? I have no idea. I'm getting I'm a little too used
0: to saying this is a disappointing loss by the Suns. Yeah, because th- this is th- there's no excuse to lose to a team like this. What are they going to say now? Yeah. What What is it now? Is it the rotations? Did eight not have a good enough game? Is it? There, there's thirty different reasons why they could have won this game, and there was like two reasons why they could have lost and They chose one of the two reasons to lose once again. So frustrating night again for the Phoenix Suns and it's it's one of those times where you have to really stop sit and look in the mirror and go okay well what is this team because we're a quarter of the way through the season now this is our 16th game out of 72 we're a quarter of the way through the season and we're 500 and we don't look good consistently
1: no not at all and it's of course you can say injuries players aren't playing but that's every team it's right every now. team i thought the mentality Just the coaching, everything would keep the Suns in these games, even when they're shorthanded against, I mean, okay, see, they're seven and nine, but they're the favorite to get the number one pick next year. So for us to come out laying egg, specifically DeAndre Ayton, no one else would help Chris Paul tonight. It just, it's, I just, I can't believe it. I'm honestly, I'm lost for words, which is usual for me, but I just have less words tonight.
0: Yeah, it's I don't know how fast uh, this podcast is going to go. It might be a, a pretty quick one. I don't know how much how much I want to sit around and dwell on losing to the yeah. Oklahoma City Thunder. The team that we traded to receive Chris Paul and Abdul Nader from to see them come out with a bunch of sloppy joes out there. I didn't know a lot of the guys oh, out there, as, as I'm sure you didn't, and a lot of Suns fans didn't. And that team comes out and beats the Suns. It's It's another disappointing night, unfortunately, in Phoenix and i'm not expecting perfection from this team i know that this is a team that is learning to play together and learning to develop chemistry but there are some glaring weaknesses injuries aside cuz you you made a great point devin booker's not playing dario sarch isn't playing we have different guys who are out, but every team you play against is, has injuries, has excuses why they could lose. You need to find ways to win, and the, this Suns team hasn't found that rhythm and that way to win. It got to the point where Chris Paul is literally carrying this back on his team because nobody else can, and unfortunately, the Suns lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder, drop to 8-8 eight and eight on the season, knowing that we have the Warriors coming in tomorrow night. So plenty to talk about on the Suns Jam Session podcast as per usual. If you are watching along via YouTube, please hit the subscribe button and please hit the thumbs up button. Even though the sun's m- white might want to make you hit the thumbs down button. It's our performance, not theirs. It's not our rating. fault,
1: right? It's it is kind of our fault. We we're still reminding people that I don't really want to watch, you know, this is one of the nights where you don't want to watch the post game interviews at all. Cause no matter what they say, it's not going to bring it back. It's like an ex-girlfriend cheating on you. No, no matter what they say, first, second, third and fourth time, not going to bring it back again.
0: Wow. To the fact that you'd let her have that many times, I'm impressed with you right there, (laughs) you know, but it's true. Like I will not watch sports center tonight because I don't want to watch go up by 17 and then just piss it away and go get into a back and forth battle against Lou Dort, Shea Gilgis Alexander and the Oklahoma city thunder. When we're sitting here praising the likes of Mikel bridges, Jay Crowder, cam Johnson, our role players, the depth of our team, and it's Abdel Nader who has to come out and keep this team in the game while everyone else just stands in the corner, waits for the ball, and then shoots a three and misses it. So, uh, again, plenty to talk about. If you're listening on the podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. And you can follow the show on Twitter, on Instagram, and TikTok at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter.
1: i Matthew Lucy. Uh,
0: Safe to say I'm definitely going to need a beer tonight. And tonight I have from Huss Brewing. This is the Lolo Hazy IPA. I don't know if you can see that there. This is actually a yeah. locale, local Hazy IPA. So thanks to my friends at Huss Brewing for providing me with this beer. I'm going to need it tonight. So if you're watching Long Jamsters, pop them if you got them. And let's complain about the Suns. So, as mentioned before, a disappointing night for the Suns at home against the 7-9, and 9, now 8-9 and 9, Oklahoma City Thunder. And coming out when the game began, it looked like it should be an onslaught. It's one of those games where you're smiling because you're like, okay, I see what's wrong. Okay, C sucks. They can't hit anything from downtown. They're discombobulated. They're turning the ball over that are very, very unforced errors where they're just throwing the ball out of bounds, and I guess the question I got to know, Matthew, how did the
1: Suns lose this game? I don't know. And to be honest, I had my friend over tonight watching. It, a couple friends. One of my friends, a big OKC fan. Oh yes. And we were talking throughout the game, and the first quarter, I was like, okay, this is this is the way it's supposed to go. Sorry, DeAndre, it's not showing up. Yeah, he'll come back. He'll play better in the second half. I was explaining to him, but and I'm like, wait, why are the, are the Suns losing? Wait, are this is it tied? Oh wait, the Suns went on 25-10 run. Should be fine. No, oh, they're losing again. Oh my god! You know what I mean? That's the way it was in this game. I thought we handled it. I thought we were gonna handle it. Just didn't happen, dude. I mean, what did you see out there that was really different? Could you pick one certain thing that just was driving you nuts this whole game? Yeah, the the same thing that
0: drives me nuts every game right now with the Suns, and it's the fact that Monty Williams just doesn't promote. A team that drives to the hoop and creates contact. What happens, again, I've said this in like every podcast that we lose, we go up big early. Okay. You start the game off, OKC's not connecting. They go five or four for 13 from downtown in the first, where the Suns go six from 11. And at one point, they were six from nine from downtown. So the team starts out hot between the first team and the second team because of the 32 points. Now, again, the Suns scored 97 points tonight. If you told me that the Suns were going to uh not break a hundred points tonight, I would have been shocked after the first quarter. The team looked great. 17 points from the bench, 15 yep. from the starters. They're hitting three pointers. You're playing against a team that's the worst in the NBA from downtown. And the Suns defense appeared to be aware of that. So as the game began, as per usual, you're like, okay, inflated lead. We're up big at the end of one. This is pretty standard operating procedure right now. And then the second quarter happens and it's almost it's, – it's it's a movie script that is, I feel like I've seen this movie over and over again. It's like a – it's like the 15th Terminator. You're like, oh, we're, we're just trying this, this is again. It. This is it. Again, I know yeah. exactly what's going to happen. Um, there's going to be some sort of Terminator. It's going to be seem like it's impossible to kill, and then they end up killing it at the very end. Yeah, and exactly. what that script is for the Suns is – they stop playing intense defense. They start letting the other team drive to the basket, and as that happens, our defense collapses, and then this, the team starts hitting threes. And on the opposite, on the opposing side, when we have the ball, there's no ball movement. It's hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball. One pass, two pass. Try one play. If it doesn't work, kick it to three with three seconds left mm-hmm. on the shot clock and miss the three. And that recipe happens to the point where OKC drops what a fifteen or uh, yeah fifteen to zero run. To end the half and outscores the Suns 28 yep. to 10. And and we're losing the halftime. You're like, what just
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, it, it happened quick. And you it there wasn't a lot of timeouts called by Monty, but I don't even want to get into that. I feel like a lot of it was the team was relying either on Aiton to get going, or Aiton was relying on the team to get going. But what you could see from Aiden, we'll do the Aiden watch soon, but he was just not there. And I think the, the team really fed off of that. And you even saw Chris Paul get onto him early. He's just You can see him. He's all, let's go, Aiden. You're not hitting those screens hard. You're not being where you're supposed to be. You're just standing there. He looked super high tonight. He looked like he was totally high. I'm not saying he smokes weed or anything, but he just looks like he was there at Subway at the checkout line, and the guy is just high handing you receipts. That's the way DeAndre Aiden looked tonight, and he was just not there for the sun and it was the same thing for the rest of the team as well. I mean, Chris Paul is the only one. He's like, we got to win this game because it starts out with Devin Booker getting hurt and you're like, come on, you just got to get some of these wins. You're not playing really hard teams. I mean, the Denver team, the Denver game, they look better the whole game without Devin Booker and you're like, okay, okay, see, we'll get this win and it just, they think they're like the old sons where it's like, we're just going to get this win without even trying and it's not even, that's not how it is. So I, I don't know what's going to happen going forward, what you do. Hopefully you just get these guys back quicker with Booker and Sarich, but they just, they didn't trust each other tonight either. And it was just a sloppy mess all night long.
0: That's It's a good way to put it. I mean, it, it was a mess. And it's unfortunate because now all the Aiton haters are coming out from underneath the rock. They're coming <laughs> yeah. out of the closet that they've been peeking out of, you know, they're showing up They're in the trunk of your car. They've broken out and they were like, Oh, see, I told you Aiton's a bum. I'll tell you this. And I guess it's, I guess, we can go ahead and, and do the drop. You know, it is time for. Aiden Watch twenty twenty one. Obviously, not his best performance again on the year. Um, going up against the Thunder, where you think that he's not playing against the Nikolai Jokic of the league. He's not playing Rudy Gobert. Whenever, whenever Aiton has that quality matchup in somebody who you think is going to put up a better box score, he at least performs to a level in which you're just like, okay this guy has promise and he's really had a a dominant about two week period comes out tonight, five points, 14 boards, only two of setting two of seven shooting. And I, I really accredit this to a couple different things. One, I'm going to give Al Horford credit. And I see a lot of people in the chat doing the same as well. They should. Al Horford is definitely a veteran, a 14 year veteran who knows how to push people off the block, who knows how to play defense, you're not going to play in this league for 14 years at an all-star caliber at times without knowing how to play proper defense and push people off their block. He he schooled him tonight. Can you agree with that?
1: No, I don't agree with that. I think Al Horford No, he's older. Aiden, <clears throat> I understand Al Horford never been a huge fan of him. I know he has a big body still. He knows where to put their put his offensive guy at, but I mean this this team OKC has been out-rebounding pretty much every game this year. The defense is terrible. I just don't feel like Horford's the difference between Aiden having a good game and a bad game. I think Aiden, what he showed us in the last three games, his decision making was just so slow tonight to where you can see him thinking again. And it was basically like rookie Aiden out there. I mean, I guess there's things people are seeing that Horford did that I'm not seeing, but for me, Horford is just another name out there this year to where I think Aiden could just size him up and take him. It's an advantage, Aiden, every time. But it should be, it, and, and
0: and that's, this is what I'm saying. These are contributing factors. I'm not saying the primary reason that DeAndre Aiden yeah. didn't have a great game is the defense Al Horford put on him. But if you watch, he was pushing him off the block. He was making it uncomfortable for Aiden. Now the expectation there is that Aiden powers through that. Like when he had the little guy come in on him, Basley. Did you see him start to throw hip checks into that guy and move him off the block to the point where Basley got called with a foul because he pushed DeAndre so hard because mm-hmm. he was frustrated. That's the way that DA should have attacked Horford, but he didn't. He went in there gingerly. And to your point, that was the second thing I was going to talk about with DeAndre Ayton was his lackadaisical attitude tonight from start to finish to the point where when CP3 decided that he had to do this all on his own, he was yelling at Ayton. He was literally jumping up and down on the court as he's dribbling up, saying, come set a fucking screen. And that was the issue with the Suns tonight, not just Ayton, but kind of holistically was – a lack of urgency, a lack of hustle. Every time they got a rebound, it was jogging back down the court. Now, what made Aiton successful in these past three three or four games? After a rebound, whether he got it or not, he was sprinting. He was gassed in the fourth quarter against, I think it was Memphis, and he was sprinting down the court. And guess what? He got rewarded for those sprints. He wasn't doing any of that stuff tonight. He was jogging. He was late setting screens. When he would get the ball deep in the block, he would pass out of it. It's like he wanted no part of Al Horford. Like, I don't know if every time he got close to Al For- Al Horford, like Horford was, you know, fiddling his butt or something. And he's like, I don't want to go down there. I don't want to get my butt <laughs> fiddled. But that's what it seemed like. Like, every time he kind of get down there and all of a sudden it was Al Horford, he would uh, move three yeah. feet away from the basket. By the time the Suns could get an entry pass to him, he's 18 feet out and he's no longer effective. And it was just – it was frustrating to see – after all the, all the positive performances Aiden's have, a digression that you know is going to happen, but it shouldn't happen against Al Horford and the Oklahoma City Thunder.
1: Yeah, and honestly, it's poor Aiden because Al Horford, he's been around the league for forever. He's done stuff, butt stuff, all that stuff for so long, so he probably doesn't feel anything with his butt, so Aiden can do it all day long. Horford's not going to feel it. Aiden's still just his third year. So, a 14 year old butt in that league, you
0: know, <laughs> he's been diddled many a time. He's numb to it now, but Aiden, he's still in his third year and, you know, he's, he's learned I to get a lot of
1: Yeah. I mean, and I love because Aiden was always hustling the last few games and that's why he always was so rewarded and, and he was always in his spots ready to go. This game, I think there was like two possessions. I'm like, okay, here you go, Aiden. Now I feel like you know what you're doing, but it's just what happens before, what is it? Because we can't, we can't have this. Like we have to have the consistency. It has to be something that we can rely on. Right.
0: Blaze Megatron in the chat. Horford gave eight in the old
1: man. River. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Please explain.
0: <laughs> uh, after, I'm sure you can figure that one out. Google it later. Um, Yeah. But again, frustrating to see that. And it's not all Aiden. I mean, the fact that this team again, falls in, yeah. in love with the three point ball Becomes detrimental to their overall success. They shot ninety-five total field goals in this game. Forty-three of them were from downtown. I mean, I just it's it, it's unacceptable when they make fifteen of those forty-three shots. They shot thirty-four percent from downtown, but you look at their their uh, their two-point shots, and they're much more effective because Chris Paul, you know, I and mean, he's the master of the yeah. mid-range. But this this is where I'm, I'm, I get frustrated with the with the the way that this lineup is essentially built is we've always wanted sharpshooters on the Phoenix suns. We always feel like we have a bunch of guys who can't hit threes and we do have guys who can hit threes, but like Jay Crowder, for example, it's almost one dimensional how much he's come because he only shoots threes. He mm-hmm. went five for 16 from the field. He was our second leading scorer with 17 points, but of those 16 shots, 11 for were from downtown.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't mind it. I, I like, Crowder how he just shoot threes but a lot of the times now he's playing off the bench too where he's still trying to find himself as well but now the last two games he started so you have that weird starting rotation with him with Cam Johnson and him with uh, Mikhail Bridges so I don't know if that's a way of him finding himself but he, I mean he's a vet now I think now on this stretch that they're in I feel like he's kind of settling in as a guy just to come in and shoot threes I don't mind it too much but he did make some ridiculous threes tonight to really kind of help 11 the I know he made a couple that were just ridiculous. So if he doesn't make those the ones he gets fouled on, it's even worse. So we don't want to see that. We don't want to see the guy that people were telling us, like, you got to watch him because some games he's just going to be jacking up threes. You're not going to like it. But then if you look around the rest of the team, you're like, oh, they're doing that, too. Cam Johnson looked like he was trying to take it to the hole a few times, but... He just he can't get it going for some reason. Mikhail Bridges is the same way, one for six. He finally hit a three in the fourth. But it's like you don't want to see that from these guys, especially against this team in OKC. OKC, I mean, they're the Western version of the Miami Heat right now. Basically, just their hustle. They're Now they're eight and eight. Not, the Suns are nine and eight. It's like, no, how we're are eight we? Eight. That, we're eight and eight, eight now. <laughs> are we really? Yeah, we're 500 now. Oh, they're eight and nine. I'm sorry. I got that reversed. Yeah. But yeah, like how was that the words well, that close to them in record wise? It's, well, it's, well because
0: because we're very we become very one-dimensional on offense. One of the things that worked in our favor early in the season was we'd run the high street and roll with with uh, CP three and Ayton, and it wasn't connecting at all. And but what would happen is defenses would start to collapse on it, and then we would hit the open three-point shooters and they would knock them down. But now we fall in love with that, and unfortunately, as much as I love Bridges and as, as much as I love Cam, they lack a, a an explosive first step. So if they catch the ball and a defender's closing on them, their first step is it's average at best. And because of that, they can't blow by anyone. They can't truly get to the hoop with consistency. You see a lot of what OKC has with their, unders, their undersized guards when you have Lou Dort and SGA and you have these guys who will – SG is an oversized guard, but the guys on their team, when they get the ball, they do the quick head bob and then they explode towards the rim. And what does that do? That gets past our defenders and puts pressure on our interior defense and gives them a high percentage shot. There's one uh, YouTube channel that I highly recommend everybody watch, and it's called Think Basketball. And what Think Basketball is doing right now is they're doing a series on the greatest peaks of the greatest players of all time. And they're kind of going through all players post the merger in 1976 and going through what made them unique at their greatest periods of their career. And then they're having, obviously, the advanced metrics and things of that nature. So they have Bill Walton. They have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They get to the 80s and they've got Magic and they've got Larry Bird. And then when they they broke down the tape of Michael Jordan, what made Jordan so great was his unbelievable first step, how much ground Mm -hmm. he could cover and how quick he could do it. And so I've been watching a lot of these. The, the the Kobe one, rest in peace, Mamba, just came out yesterday. They timed it perfect to where they're at that point in their series where they released the Mamba one. And that's what it comes down to. is I, When you watch basketball and you start to look at the different strengths and weaknesses of players, you start yeah. to notice why some – it's it's like why are some people like Cameron Johnson end up being having average careers? The guy can shoot all day. I mean he went two for three from downtown. I wish he would have shot a few more threes. But what he's trying to do is what I would lo- – would like the majority of the Suns to do. And that's try to get to the rim, but he doesn't have that explosive first step. So he's got to find another way in his game to free up an opportunity to make a high percentage shot. And a lot of the Suns, unfortunately it's like we have th- some clones on offense. You have Crowder bridges and, and uh Cam Johnson are clones of each other. And when we start to get into that rhythm and when all three of them are out on the court and we're not hitting shots, we give up leads quick. And I felt like the, I yeah. talked a long time to it's super say boring. that. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, it's super quick. And what you will want to see from Camp Johnson maybe is just him cutting more off the ball, something like yes. that. That's what Mikel does really well, too. But that stuff is stop. It's stopped. what Mikel has done well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Go on with stopped. that. Everyone was just standing around tonight. And I don't know how they don't know that, hey, we're just standing around because Chris Paul had to try to win the game by himself. And you don't want that from Chris Paul. You don't want him to have to go win it for the Suns. It's nothing you want to see. I mean, assist-wise, of course, you want him to lead an assists, but the 12 to 18 points a game, that's what I want to see, just him really managing the offense. But with with Booker out tonight, I guess it's an excuse, but I was so excited to watch Aiden tonight and just watch him dominate. But
0: Yeah, the opportunity was there, but they didn't yeah. take advantage of it. 19 total assists. And you knew this was going to happen because there's no Booker and there's no campaign. And those are the two other playmakers – on this team outside of Chris Paul. Yeah, exactly. So I knew that the assist numbers were gonna be down, but I didn't expect the team to just go completely stagnant after showing you what they can do. And th- that's again the frustrating part about this team is it's like an Oreo. You know, it's when, when you get to the middle of an Oreo, it's the best part. And and we get the best part. We see we see the middle of the Oreo for the Suns multiple times throughout the game. But we're stuck with the crust the rest of the time. And unfortunately, it's been leading to bad losses to the point where we're eight and eight. Ever since Bill Simmons gave us props on his yeah, podcast, I the sun's gonna bring that up.
1: I mean, it's it's the ringer curse. It really is a lot of even Kevin O'Connor, them whatever I think Kevin O'Connor's running for president now, but I think a lot of the times when these guys talk about the Suns, any team, any player, I mean, Russell Wilson went on the ringer for Bill Simmons, and he did terrible the rest of the year. It just this happens for every team that is talked up, and I think the players listen. They, they feed into it. They think they're the best, and then you have all these other teams, younger players, even teams with the younger players that We just saw an OKC. They're trying to prove something and they come out and they they dominate us because they know that now that we have a target on our back, they're going to come out, play as hard as they can, knowing that we might just take it a little bit easy. Now, that's what we're doing. If we haven't earned that ever until we win a championship, we have never earned that respect. I feel like for a team to actually go out there and just kind of lay down, I don't understand where the Suns are still getting that from.
0: I don't, I don't know either, and I think uh, my latest piece on brightsideofthesun.com, I mentioned something similar to this. I'm a big Notre Dame football fan, and unfortunately, as a Notre Dame football fan, whenever you play somebody, it's their Super Bowl. It's the one time they're going to be on national television. You're playing Western Kentucky. They're getting up for Notre Dame. And the reason I bring that up is because Notre Dame can never take a game off. And I'll tell you what, when yeah. it comes to big national games and they get to college football playoffs, they take the game off. So trust me, I know the side of that. But that's where the Suns kind of are. We're at that point where we're getting the national publicity. We're becoming the darlings of the ringer and uh, different ESPN and different platforms. So they're talking about what they love about the Suns team. They got Chris Paul. He's on national commercials. So don't think that teams are not up for to play in the Suns. So yeah. we need to be up to play the competition every night, and this is losing to Denver twice is frustrating. Yes, but they went to the Western Conference Finals, and for one of the games we didn't have Devin Booker, and we took them to double overtime. And the first game we went to overtime. I mean, it's just or the first game we went to double overtime. The second game we took them to overtime. We're at, we're out, people, and that shows the strength and the depth of this team. So you, th- although those are losses and they suck, they're not bad losses per se. Losing to an OKC team who just you the the sun just got out hustled tonight all night long and you saw it up and down the court DeAndre Ayton personified it and the lack of Cameron Payne uh, Jay Crowder Cam Johnson cutting off of the ball and trying to create mismatches and and giving Chris Paul an opportunity to hit them as they as they cut those that's laziness that's lackadaisicalness and I'll bring it back to what I think the big problem has been so far at the beginning of this year, and that's Monty Williams. I really think that the coaching needs to take the time Mm -hmm. and figure out how to put these guys in the best position to win, and they're just not doing it right now.
1: No, they're not. We'll see the adjustments that he makes. I mean, no team really has had a lot of time to practice, but you would think with the Suns having three days off, they had three days, right, since Saturday night? Yeah, yeah. three days off. Really, I think Monte was actually gone for two days, right? Something was going on with his family, so mm-hmm. he actually wasn't there. So that timing was really bad to where he was not able to be there with the time that we actually had off to coach these guys. And I don't know, Chris Paul's maybe in there helping out. But, I mean, he can only do so much. But they got to get a game plan together, even with these guys out, with Booker out. Because the way we did play against Denver that night, you know we could win games without Booker. I don't think... It's. I was gonna ask you tonight because I thought Aiden was gonna have a great game. I'm like, who would you rather have out, Aiden or Booker? Because I thought Aiden was gonna come and dominate, and Mm -hmm. we would win by an easy 15 or so, just because of how well he played against Denver. So I'm like, if Booker's out, I feel like this team can still win. And if Aiden was out, excuse me, then maybe we we don't have a chance. But now it's just like, even if Aiden's in there, I don't know if I can even count on this guy. So. There's just a lot of questions still, man. It's just whether or not they wrap it up soon and we can go on a winning streak because three games in a a row losing is not good for the shortened season at all.
0: At all. Again, we're a quarter of the way through the season. We're sitting at 500. I haven't looked at the standings, and I'm sure some of our jamsters who are watching along in the chat could tell us now where we sit in those standings. Uh, I think there was 12 NBA games today, so there's a lot of movement. And coming into this game, we were seventh in the standings after being fourth just on Saturday. So you can't have these little, you know, three game losing streaks that we're on. And tomorrow night we're going to have golden state and that's not going to be an easy affair either. So oh God, yeah. I mean, and we'll get to I'm that not, here momentarily. You,
1: I, I was thinking about that a lot during this game. We're, we're playing golden state tomorrow, man. We got to yeah. win this because you know, they're going to come out and they're going to, I feel like they're going to whip the sun's ass. Kelly, we gonna put up like 25 the points. Kelly, no, Oubre
0: gonna revenge game. That's going to happen. It's, it's, it's probably going to happen. And you got James Wiseman. I mean, it's we'll, we'll get into it here um in a second but a couple of the things that I wanted to talk about as it pertains to this game is you have to give props to CP3 it was great to see somebody take the aggression and channel it into productivity um we've seen yeah. it with Booker a lot booker's probably the only other guy on the team who ch- can truly get mad and make it a positive experience uh CP3 32 points is career high as a Phoenix sun Only five assists, but we knew the ball movement wasn't going to be there. He had five rebounds, 12 for 21 shooting, three from eight from downtown, five for five from the free throw line. Uh, Four turnovers, so the assist-to-turnover ratio not good. But at the same time, how great was it to see somebody just take over a game and and you know that that's one of the tools that you have in your kit that could potentially win you a game and unfortunately didn't win it right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's something I don't really want to count on too much, but – Chris Paul tonight was amazing. It just, it was kind of in a bad way, though. It was kind of like, I don't want to see him doing this because I know the rest of the team can't help him. It was almost like he was angry. You know, he's playing OKC, his former team, but I mean, he was only there for the year. So that really shouldn't be a big deal to him, but maybe it is, maybe something to get him going but I think he was just playing angrily because he knew the rest of the team was not helping him out. That's the way he looked on the court to me. It was basically like, I just have to win this because no one's going to do shit. Aiden, if he touches the ball, it's a fumble out of bounds. He's losing the ball. That put-back shot to take the lead at the end of the game, what kind of garbage was that? Over three guys that are like 6'8", 6'7", he can barely get the ball over his own damn shoulders to get that ball in the rim. He rushed himself. Yeah, exactly, and it was like seeing that is what made Chris Paul I feel like pissed off this game just knowing I have to win this because we're not gonna lose three games in a row and then have to go into tomorrow night having to play Golden State and someone just put in the chat yeah we're number nine in the West and they're number eight like how the hell is this happening? But it is happening because this is hell this is this is just hell. This no, is all this, it is you know this is
0: the world of a Suns fan unfortunately and this is the price of being a fan and I'll I'll talk about CP3 real quick and then I'll address something yeah. else. You know, CP3, again, it's nice to see that. It's nice to see aggressiveness. It's unfortunate that he was put in a situation on the first night of a back-to-back to to have to exert the amount of effort that he did because that's going to bite us in the ass tomorrow. If Booker doesn't go, if campaign doesn't go, knowing that CP3 went tonight and put out a total of 35 minutes and they were taxing minutes, it's going to essentially or possibly affect the outcome of tomorrow night's game. And that's frustrating. The, the other thing I want to address, and and I always find this is interesting after a loss is everybody's trading everybody in the chat. We need to trade Jay Cowder. We need to trade Cam Johnson. We need to trade uh, Frank Kaminsky. You know, I'll, I'll say this. I can empathize with frustration following these losses. Lord knows I've been through it too many times, but I can't empathize with like the trade guy. Well, trade him, trade him, Jay Crowder, trade him. Because it's like, Yeah, okay, let's do that. Now we have to restart the chemistry. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's 16 games in the season, no training camp, shortened season, everything that's going on. These guys are still are working on developing that chemistry. And I also don't want to create a culture of like, okay, if you fail, you're instantly gone. Mm -hmm. The Suns and the organization has done such a good job of trying to rebuild this culture that you don't want to develop any sort of culture that's detrimental to that. And I think doing something like that, being punitive in... Uh, to players for their lack of consistent performance on an early season. you know. granted, if, now when the trade deadline comes around, and don't get me wrong, that's about a month and a half away. Yeah. Yeah. Two months? It's two months no, away it's, right it's now. It's like less than a month, I think. It's in it's February, Mar- right? It's, it's March 25th. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So it's two months out. Okay. So two months out. Yeah. If, at this point, we're still having those issues with guys. Let's maximize our value and try to do something to better the team. But I still like the talent on this team. I just think that the inconsistency needs to stop from a coaching standpoint. Stop putting, us, stop putting the Suns in situations where they're trying to stop a run from another team. We're not calling the timeout. That one's on Monty. Or we're, we're running shitty offensive sets that end with Jay Crowder having to chuck up a shitty three with two seconds left on the shot clock. There's got to be ways around this. There's got to be different new offensive sets that we can run off of the high pick and roll or having cutters go or start on the base you know start a pick and roll off the baseline i mean there's things that we need to do that we're just not doing from a coaching standpoint i don't think you need to to uh trade half the team
1: (laughs) no no i totally agree i mean I i was thinking next month is when we can actually start trading players i think it's like the 23rd or something like that february um but I mean, by that time, I think we'll know exactly who will stay, who will go. I mean, that's the NBA. I mean, there is, yeah, no chemistry. And, and but see, it's I, true. I
0: think there is the chemistry. We see that chemistry in the first half. And what happens is we go away from, we let the other team start to dictate what we're doing. And then that chemistry is lost because the team doesn't know necessarily who's the leader. Well, they saw who the leader was tonight.
1: Yeah. Well, there's just no adjustments. And you're saying basically, there's, yes, there's, there's, yeah, there's blitz, but it's just, Basically, the way the Suns were winning games is just their hustle, their determination to actually win the game. I mean, you just did not see that tonight. But as I was saying, like in the NBA, like there's going to be trades. I feel like the Suns will probably make a trade. It's nothing. It's nothing against the player really or the chemistry. It's just you got to fit these pieces together to try to make a run because the Suns have to this year. The Suns have to make the playoffs this year. There's a lot in the line. I mean, if we do not make the playoffs this year and then go into next year and we suck. Booker's going to want to buy Booker. It's all, it's all over. Aiden will be traded. Like, I mean, we're not going to keep him if we don't get to the playoffs. Like he, he would be the reason we don't make, but we did go one and three with him playing really, really great. So I don't even know there, you know what I mean? There's the question. It's like, is Aiden the newest Ewing theory where he's just like, you have to get rid of him to play good, but then he didn't play good tonight. We sucked. So I don't know what to do with him. Yeah.
0: It's just kind of a consistent theme for the Suns right now. They kind of damned if they do damned, if they don't, Booker has a great game. We lose eight and has three great games. We go one and three. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a frustrating yeah. time for Suns fans because the expectations are so high. And if this was last year, eight and eight, I think we would be happy. And I know that when we hit 500 after starting five and two, we were still like, okay, we're on borrowed time right now, but there's expectations that we're a really good team and we're just not executing it. And it's getting to the point where a lot of us are doing the eye roll. A lot of us are like, here we go. Same old Suns. I, I know what these feelings feel like. Unfortunately, I just I don't think I had the expectations that I did come into the season, and therefore I'm more disappointed. That's why I've learned to have no expectations whatsoever, <laughs> ever. So you're never disappointed. Yeah. You're always happy. Yes, I, infinite tranquility says in the chat. Az sports baby.
1: Yeah, That's I know, but the definition of. I definitely had some expectations, especially tonight with my friend over. I'm like, this is going to be a blowout. No need to even worry about it. But I mean, I'm still watching, taking notes, but I didn't think anything of it. And, (laughs) you know, so that's the way I think of it right now with the Suns. But Aiden today, uh, just really quick, I feel like the way he played and he'll play these games where it just reminds me of like you have the one day off, or you have the one day until you're off for a week or so. And you just go into. you might drink the, next, the night before. You might stay up late because you're just so excited. You go into work. You're like, oh, will just take the day off because it's going to be an easy day. And then things just start slamming you all day long. You work 10 hours that day. You know what I mean? You barely get anything done. That's the way Aiden kind of looked today and the whole team uh, besides Chris Ball.
0: Yeah, it was a team that just didn't look focused. Uh, I think if it had been a national TV game, Aiden would have played better because apparently go. he plays a lot better on national TV. So tomorrow when we play the Warriors – uh, I assume that he'll play better because that's been moved to a TNT game. Uh, what are your thoughts? And I know your friend who who says an OKC Thunder fan. What are your thoughts on whatever Chevy?
1: He's or whatever interesting. His name is. Yeah, I mean, he I mean, think I think we looked up his he's shooting like 24 percent from the field. That's just from everywhere. Like that is pretty bad so i like it though because you can see the potential and i like how he's gonna get a lot of minutes i'm not saying he's like booker at all but like booker got a lot of minutes with the suns because the Suns sucked book he he's a different breed of course but i like how he's gonna play so much to where he can try to find a fit he can try to find a rhythm in the nba before like the okc thunder I don't know why I said it like that. Oklahoma City Thunder take off or else if he's traded or so, but he's going to get a lot of playing time. So he's interesting. He looks just like the no dunks host uh, Skeets. Okay. If you ever see him, he looks just like him. But does he look seven foot to you? I mean, he's seven feet, but he doesn't look like it, even well, though he's taller know? than everybody else.
0: From that standpoint, he reminds me kind of Dragon Bender when he came out. With because Dragon Bender never lo- really looked seven feet. He just was very very thin and tall. Yeah, and that's how Puka Chevy kind of looks. Man. But he has a bigger or he has a uh, a faster release. I mean, his release is pretty good. Yeah. It's throwing darts, and once that thing starts to fall, that kid will be confident. He'll be kind of tough to stop, but interesting guy. you know. He's number 17th yeah. overall pick, and I remember we watched that draft night with your friend, and he was like, oh, okay, and he was excited. We're like, really? I wouldn't be. There was like three other guys on the board I would have had yeah, over yeah. him.
1: I was excited he got
0: him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think you were the guy who was I'm excited. i excited
1: anything the Suns don't do. So if it's <laughs> not the Suns, I'm excited for the other teams.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's talk real quick. I think I know the answer, but let's talk real quick about... Jam star of the game. If you're watching along with us, you can let us know who you think is the Jam star of the game. And and a reminder, if you're watching along with us, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, hit the thumbs up button. We appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. Uh, our loyal Jamsters. This, these have become our our therapy sessions, unfortunately, as of late. And Absolutely. we appreciate that you're here. But let us know in the chat who you think your Jam star of the game is. I think it's pretty simple. Matthew, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah.
1: Slam no, dunk it. I think it's Chris Paul for sure. I mean, yeah, that's all I gotta say. We talked so much about him, but but I mean, I don't know, it's Chris Paul. What do you think?
0: I think every everybody <laughs> in the chat go to Kid, Blaze <laughs> Megatron, CP3, duh. CP3, yeah. only one option. Yeah. Uh, shout shout out to uh Ross Rogers there. Um uh, there are two people who said Nader, and I I did want to bring up Abdel Nader. Yeah, now, obviously, yeah. he didn't put up the stat line for our jam star of the game. Okay, he had 19 minutes, 12 points in those 19 minutes, five for nine from the field, uh, three rebounds, uh, one steal. What I liked about Nader is he is somebody who does cut and does try to get to the rim and does have a, a more explosive first step. So although he doesn't necessarily put up the statistics in the – because he's not getting the time necessary. I'm really liking what I see from Nader so far with the Suns. He was shooting 47% from the field coming into this game. And again, he forces the issue. And when the Suns were amidst that 18, 0 run in the third quarter, that got us back in the game and gave us the lead that we would soon flounder in the fourth. It was part of it was Nader having the ability to force the issue and put them in compromising situations that opened up Chris Paul. So he could, hit. he, I think he had 15 of the 18 points. So, what are yeah. your thoughts on Young Nader so far? The the Tornado.
1: Yeah, he's someone that Monty really likes because he's getting all these minutes. I mean, you didn't even see Galloway tonight. I don't know if he was out or injured or whatever. I don't, yeah, where I don't is that, Galloway? He's just gone. He He's he's in another uh, universe he like, dimension. Did he like sleep else. with Monty Williams' daughter or something? He might have. I don't know if he'd be still on the team, but <laughs> he did something. But I like seeing Nader on the floor. I think he he reminds me of the OKC team we saw tonight. Just some a lot of the players that know how to cut, get to the basket, um just they know where to be on the court he seems like he's getting the hang of it especially with his threes that he made he's always makes himself wide open and available to chris ball or whoever's handling the ball i think that he made he made some good decisions tonight that i want to see continue but you saw when he first started playing with the Suns when he first started getting actually some decent minutes you can see the potential and i think it kind of worked out tonight to where you can see where he where you can see Monty likes him, And I think that he'll continue to play uh, these minutes, not 19, but I'm sure he'll get Galloway's minutes for some reason. I mean, I like what I'm seeing for Nader, but I don't know why we're not seeing Galloway. But I mean, what did you think though? Were you were you surprised? I mean, probably not surprised by the minutes, but but just by his play and how, I, how well he played? Yeah,
0: it's something, again, I've noticed over the past few games that I just like. I like anybody who's going to take the ball to the rim at this point because it's the one thing that we lack completely on offense. Dem Booker, even when he's here, he hasn't been taking the ball with regularity and finishing. Now, granted, he could take it to the rim, but he hasn't been finishing around the rim. So I do like that about Nader. The tough thing with this team is trying to figure out how those minutes are properly allocated. And Langston Galloway, I I feel like anytime the Suns start to find themselves in a jam, if if the other team goes on an 8-0 run, you need to bring in Langston Galloway and just have that guy ready at the trigger because does he hit the threes? Yeah, but he can... He's fast. He's quick. He's not going to necessarily be somebody who's going to play fantastic defense. But when you're playing OKC, you didn't need great defense. They, yeah. Uh, uh, who was covering the game tonight? It was uh, Tom Leander. Yeah, Le- Leander and uh, uh, what's her name? Van Arsdale. Yeah. She was. She was talking about how during that run, the Suns were playing great defense. No, they weren't. They were living. They were leaving guys wide open for three. They were. And they were just missing the shots. It wasn't great defense or at the all. All over. Yeah. But so, I mean, so with Langston out there, you don't necessarily need that. You just need somebody who can get you some sort of quick buckets to stop the run. And it's somebody who we haven't seen. So um, I do like <laughs> Kenneth Payne in the chat. Nader's a very poor man's
1: Booker. He and looks like him on the court. He, yeah, he he's does. Like kind he of, he's he's a little bit longer. Way. Though. Yeah, a yeah, little bit longer. A little bit longer, yeah. If Booker and, had those and, arms, I don't know if he'd be as great of a shooter, but he'd be able to be a better defender
0: but also willingness to take it to the rim. And again, I, I'm, yeah. I'll keep harping on it. I think that's such a valuable thing to do because it stops runs. It slows the game down. It puts the other team in a compromising situation that, and puts you on the free throw line. All those things are positive things that stop runs because that's what killed the Suns again tonight. We go up big and we give up the run. And then you're, then you're mentally, from a mental standpoint, you're vulnerable. You're no longer shooting with that confidence because it's not going in. We saw this with the Houston Rockets against the Golden State Warriors a couple years ago in the Western Conference Finals where they just allowed themselves to get into their own heads and then boom, game over from there.
1: Game over. So we're seeing that now with the Suns. I just don't know how they get out of this rut, man. I don't know. But maybe Booker being back, but then I don't know. I'm just so depressed tonight. You can tell my voice isn't as amped as it usually is, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I always talk like this, but I am struggling tonight.
0: You're you're like DeAndre Ayton out there, man. You're just kind of of subdued. Yeah. (laughs) You're kind of subdued. Well, we do have to talk about, obviously, what's coming up next, and that is the Golden State Warriors tomorrow night, 8 p.m. on TNT. What are your initial thoughts on this game, Matthew?
1: Oh, I'm I'm terrified. This whole game tonight, I was thinking about tomorrow night's game. I'm terrified of Kelly coming back. The matchup with Wiseman, the number two pick in last year's draft, between him and Aiden. I'm just I'm nervous. That just goes terrible, and the Suns are just basically murdered at all ends of the court. And then of course Steph Curry will go off for maybe forty points. Something like that. That's what I've been worried about this whole time, this whole game. And then the Suns lose. And now I'm even more worried that it's going to happen tomorrow because nothing tells me tonight that they're going to turn things around. They can say as much as I want. I saw Monty. I heard it. Saw in the comments that he went off in the interview after the game, Good. which he should have. But it's just like, so what? Like, what? You guys know enough not to put yourself in a situation, I thought. But obviously not. I mean, what do you think about tomorrow night's game, dude? You think it's going to be a rebound or no?
0: I hope that it's a rebound. They're playing with some confidence right now. You look at the Golden State Warriors; they're a team that is currently nine and eight. But as we're recording this podcast, they're playing the second of a back-to-back uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they're they're winning that game. So they're going to be ten and eight by the time we play them. And they're a team that's just starting to find its groove. They they have when when they win, they win big. When they lose, they lose big. That's kind of the story of their season so far. Uh, we'll see. The, I think the Kelly Oubre thing is real. He wants to come back. He might not necessarily have the greatest game, but he knows how to get underneath people's skins. That's he's one of the things that man. we we love about him, and I think that it's something that he will do against the Suns is he's going to push the envelope and try to get underneath the, the, the team's skins. Uh, if we go to our Jamster or Jam Session Predicts segment where we started this a couple podcasts ago. We didn't record a podcast on Saturday night, but it's where Matthew and I are going to keep track of our record predicting games. We're currently both 0-1 because we both predicted the Suns would beat the second Denver game, and we didn't predict this game. What is your prediction for tomorrow night? Suns win
1: or Suns lose? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Suns win, and I think I'm looking at the box score right now between – oh, my God, hold on. The, the between, Warriors? Yeah, the Warriors, and the Kelly Oubre right now is perfect. He's 5-5. Five for five, He's warming two for two. up. Yeah, he has 14 points right now. And uh, I was just – I was thinking, well, 16 points. So if he goes off tonight, maybe tomorrow night he won't do so well. But I'm going to say the Suns win by like 10 tomorrow just because I'm so negative right now. I think it's going to be totally opposite tomorrow.
0: Well, I think the majority of Suns Nation is with you in thinking that they're even being depressed tonight and having a rough one. (laughs) Uh, The advantages for the Suns, obviously, is they get to sleep in their own beds tonight. And the Warriors are playing the Timberwolves in Oakland. They're currently wearing their sick Oakland throwback city edition jerseys for that game. Looking good. And they have to travel to Phoenix and arrive here tomorrow or to sometime, you know, later this. So tomorrow morning, and then they have that 8 PM start, which to them is a 7 PM start. So it's right on cue. It will be on TNT. It will be nationally televised. The sun's jam session will be live right after that. Um, yes. I hate to be the negative Nancy, but I'm going to go with the sun's lose. I there's a lot of people in the chat boogie the boogie trend in youtube sons lose brian herrera sons will lose ken Kaplan, sons lose by 15 guaranteed sons lost tomorrow <laughs> emac and az it's amazing what losing does uh, infinite tranquility if dario is back it's a w and i like that i like that Koda kid <laughs> kelly's having a triple double tomorrow <laughs> grim Reaper, he will drop 40 um so yeah it's I think it's going and and here's the reason why because Steph Curry can drop 9 points on you faster than you can blink an eye. And if the Suns do get up big, he can he can decrease that lead in an instant. Mm-hmm. And the Suns just
1: just like OKC they're, they're lost right,
0: right now. Yeah, <laughs> the Suns are lost right now. We as fans are kind of yep. wandering through the valley of darkness, you know, when 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 we're wearing these hats to say we are the Valley it's the Valley of Darkness right now, man. And Tonight was one of those get right games. Tonight was an opportunity to be like, okay, listen, we've got, we're on a losing streak right now, but we played some tough competition. Let's go handle our business. And there's three games this season when we should have truly handled our business. That was Detroit. That was Washington. And that was tonight. And we're zero and three in those games. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Deandre tonight personified the the challenge with the Suns of the, the dreaded moniker of playing up to your competition or playing down to your competition. And he's done that in those games. The games that we need him to play up to the competition and you think that he should dominate, it's it's an empty stat line. You know, It's five points. And part of that is his lack of aggressiveness. Part of that is his lack of sadaisicalness. Part of that is us not getting him the ball or trying to run the off. He only had seven shots tonight. So yeah, that's but he was, asking,
1: he was not. You no, can he, tell was by the time. he looked like I'm not. Did he lose like 20 pounds of muscle between the last game? He looked smaller too. Well, Al a is a fat dude. It's that fat butt. Yeah, but, dude, I don't know. Aiden was just totally up. But what is this team going to learn? I mean, I'm not even going to say it again. The last terrible losses we've had, I mean, three in a row, but then the ones you mentioned before against Pistons, exactly, like the same response we're going to get out of this game. We got to get together. I don't even know what they're going to say to make me feel better. But tomorrow, I'm not gonna feel better. I'm probably gonna watch. It's gonna be eight o'clock. I'm gonna be mad because it's so freaking late, and then I have to do the stupid freaking pot. and I'll just check. <laughs> you know, I love, I love being here. I love, I love venting. It actually helps me go to sleep. So I, I do love doing this. Well, yeah. I office. mean, this has become
0: our therapy session, unfortunately, because we're 500. Yes. There's eight times we've had an opportunity to come on here, and we missed out on the last loss. So there's seven times we've come on, mm-hmm. come on here after a loss, and you know, it, it's not easy. But I think that it's therapeutic, and it, it kind of resets you at the same time. You know, for all yeah. the Suns fans, we get to kind of put. It all out in the universe, our disdain, our frustration, and then we can move on. And we'll love our team tomorrow. Yeah. We'll, we'll wake up tomorrow. We'll be excited. uh You know, shout out to one of Scotland's best Suns fans and designer, uh, Craig A. Hamill. I bought this shirt. It's got all the Suns on yeah, it. It it's, it's a sick shirt, man. It's beautiful. Uh, and we're Suns fans. We'll buy shit like this when we probably should be buying our kids food. Or get, yeah, you know. <laughs> my kids are starving, but this shirt's awesome. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um my kids in college. Okay, it's snowing up in Flagstaff. She's drinking vodka, probably. Stay yeah, warm. Um, drinking. but it's it's gonna be okay in the long run. I'm hoping. <laughs> God damn, I'm hoping. The West is just so tough, man. And when you lose to teams like OKC and you get out hustled, it's just it's unacceptable. I mean, what what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Are you gonna pose your will or have it imposed upon you? And it, it's continually happening to where shitty teams are beating us. And it's because we're beating ourselves.
1: Yeah, they need to pull it because pretty soon it's going to unravel. And it leads to a lot of nasty stuff. I mean, last time, I think on the last, we didn't do the podcast Saturday night, but Dave was going off. I mean, he was letting everyone have it for everyone. Yeah. Being Suns. But now I feel like I'm just like, I don't know, man. This doesn't feel good at all. It does not feel good.
0: But you know what? It's not foreign. It happens all the time. Every year. AZ Sports. Brian Herrera in the chat. The Suns need Jesus. <laughs> they do. You know what? If Jesus played, what position do you think he'd play?
1: All of them, right? He'd be LeBron James.
0: Okay. So, okay, he's like six foot eight and plays no, all
1: positions. James I can see that. Jesus. I mean, did you I mean, did they win tonight? I don't know. Lakers are playing.
0: They, they were losing to the Sixers last I saw. That was a really okay, good game. Yeah,
1: the Sixers are just balling, dude.
0: Yeah, that's uh that was number uh... one seed versus number one seed, <laughs> and it was it was a fun watch. Were you disappointed yeah. you didn't get to see Ty Jerome tonight for OKC? I was kind of looking forward to seeing the guy. Uh,
1: No, I forgot he was on the team.
0: Yeah, he was injured. Had he played, we would have won probably. (laughs) I doubt that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Grim Reaper in the chat. God forward. (laughs) Is that a point God? God forward. God forward. Um, Well, I guess there's nothing else to really talk about tonight. Again, tough loss for the Suns against the Oklahoma City Thunder. You never want to see that, but tomorrow's a new day, and tomorrow you'll be able to follow right along with the Suns Jam Session podcast right here on the bright side of the sun podcast network so if you're a jamster who decided to join us live as per usual we truly appreciate it we thank you for spending the time with us make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel you click the little bell that notifies you whenever we go live which is right after Suns games and you click the thumbs up button on this tier podcast helps with algorithms other Suns fans see it more people come more people bitch and it's a it's a nice community of us just being pissed uh, if you're listening on the bright side of the sun podcast network again please remember to subscribe rate review and you can follow the show at Suns Jam on both Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I uh, think let's see. And I, I think I'm going to play a different outro because it's just one of those days. So this beer's done again. Thanks to Huss brewing for hooking me up with low, low hazy IPA only like 90 calories in this bitch. It's oh, our low bad. calorie hazy IPA. So shout out oh, to Huss for that. Appreciate that.
1: That's workable, dude. All right. Are we <laughs> saying goodbyes?
0: I'm out. I'm done. All right.
1: Everyone go home and leave your family. (laughs) Take care, everybody. It's just one of them days when I want to be all alone. It's just one of them days when I got to be all alone.
0: It's just one of them days. (laughs)